is here's the advantages. I'm not dealing with any renters, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. And because I'm not dealing with the tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act, all this onerous real estate legislation. So the simple game that we play is can we create enough of these land notes where our passive income exceeds our fixed expenses? And now we're working because we want to, not because we have to. Welcome to the Market Call Show, where we discuss what's happening in the markets and the impact on your investments. Tune in every Thursday on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Market Call Show. This is Louis Giannis. I am the founder of WealthNet Investments. Today, we have an interesting topic, and I'm really excited about diving in, so let's get going. Welcome to the Market Call. Today, I'm very excited. I have Mark Podolsky with me. Mark is the author of Dirt Rich, The Ultimate Guide to Helping You Build a Passive Income. And he's also the owner of Frontier Properties. He's a land investor and he buys and sells land. This is something a little bit different for us to discuss because normally we're talking about the world of stocks and bonds and things like that. Real estate is always a big part of a portfolio. So in particular, raw land is something that's very different and very unusual for a lot of people. So I really am excited to have Mark on. Mark, how are you? Louis Giannis, pulse is normal, respiration's fine. Thanks so much for having me. Excellent. Well, the first thing that I thought about was how in the heck does a guy get involved in raw land? Like, what was your progression? What's your background? How did you decide on raw land? And what's your story in the background there? Yeah, so let's rewind the tape to 2000. And I was a miserable, micromanaged, 45-minute commute to work and back investment banker, specializing in mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups. And Lewis, it got so bad for me, I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy and he's telling me that as a side hustle, he's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar at tax deed auctions. He's flipping them online and he's making a 300% return on his money. And I'm looking at companies all day long and a great company, great, has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Average companies, 10%. And I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So of course I don't believe them. So I've got three grand saved up for car repairs. I go to Mexico with him. I, he tells me exactly what to do. I buy 10 half acre parcels and average price of $300 each. I flip them online and they all sell for an average of $1,200 each, 300% it worked. So I went to another auction with him in, in Arizona, which is where I live. And again, this is 2000. There's no one in the room. I'm buying up lots, acreage for nothing. So I made over $90,000 on that one auction. So I go to my wife. I said, honey, I'm going to quit my job and become a full-time land investor. And she's pregnant. She's like, absolutely not. So I said, okay, okay. So it took me about 18 months for the land investing income to exceed the investment banking income. And then I quit. I've been doing it full-time ever since. And I've done over 6,000 transactions as of now. 
Wow. That sounds like a dream come true kind of investment thing for a lot of people who don't have a lot to invest, but they want to multiply their money. And it does sound too good to be true, right? I mean, it does. Being a chartered financial analyst, I know your world very well, the M&A world, prior to your raw land deal. And you just sure. don't think in terms of 300% unless you're dealing with derivatives. So I want to know a little bit about what the advantages of investing in raw land is versus what you typically hear about in real estate, like rental properties, commercial and residential, or like your proverbial flipping of houses. Sure. The advantages are a bunch. And how about if I walk you right through my model, exactly how I do what I do, and then talk about all the advantages at the end of it, because then it's just so clear. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So Luce, where do you live? I live in Castle Pines, Colorado. Okay, you're in Colorado. I'm going to assume that you own 10 acres of raw land in Texas, and you owe $200 in back taxes. So essentially, you're advertising two important things to me. Number one, you have no emotional attachment to that raw land. You're in Colorado, the property's in Texas. And number two, you're distressed financially in some weird way because you haven't paid your property taxes. As a result, you're getting notices every single month from the county treasurer saying, Louis, you don't pay your property taxes. You're going to lose this property to a tax lien or tax deed investor. We don't pay for things. We don't value them in the same way anyways. So all I'm going to do is send you an actual offer on your 10 acre parcel. So what I'm going to do in the way I'm going to send that, I'm going to value that property is for the last 12 to 18 months, I'm going to look at comparable sales on your 10 acre parcel. I'm going to take the lowest comparable sale and I'm going to divide by four. And that's going to get me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So let's just use easy math. So let's say the lowest comp is 10 grand on your parcel. I'm going to send you an offer for $2,500. Now you accept it because for you, $2,500 is better than nothing. In reality, three to 5% of people accept my quote unquote top dollar offer. But now that you've accepted it, I'm going to go through due diligence or in-depth research. I have to confirm you still own the property. I have to confirm back taxes are only $200. I have to make sure there's been no breaks in the chain of title. There's no liens or encumbrances. I have this whole property checklist. Now, because I'm only investing $2,500, I'll self-close. I'll have my team in the Philippines do the title work. They're connected to an American title company and they'll create all my plat maps and GIS maps, satellite maps, aerial maps, everything that a buyer is going to know want to know as well. And if I was investing more than $5,000, I would just close traditionally through a title company. But because it's only $2,500, my team will do it for 11 bucks. Everything checks out. And now I'm going to sell your property, Lewis, 30 days or less. And I'm going to make a cash flow like a rental home. So I have a built-in best buyer. Do you know who it is? Who's that? Neighbors. You got it. It's the neighbors. It's the neighbors. So all I'm going to do is send out neighbor letters saying, here's your opportunity, protect your privacy, protect your views, know your neighbor. So oftentimes the neighbors will buy it. Now, if they pass, I'll go to my buyer's list. My buyer's list passes. I'll go to a little website you may have never heard of. It's called Craigslist. It's the 10th most trafficked website in the United States. I'll go to a smaller one I know you've heard of. It's called Meta or Facebook, buy sell groups, the marketplace. And then I'm going to go to landmoto.com, landwatch.com, landandfarm.com, landsofamerica.com. Landflip.com, landhub.com. These are platforms where people buy and sell raw land every day. But the magic is I'm going to price it irresistibly. So all I'm going to ask for a new buyer to own your 10-acre parcel, and my, now it's my 10-acre parcel, is a $2,500 down payment. 
So I'm going to get my money out on the down, but I could go six to 10 months out. And then I'm just making a car payment. Let's say $3.99 a month, 9% interest for the next 84 months. So it's a one-time sale. I get my money out as fast as I can. And then I get $3.99 a month of cash flow every single month for the next 84 months at 9% interest. But Lewis, here's the advantages. I'm not dealing with any renters, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. And because I'm not dealing with the tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act, all this onerous real estate legislation. So the simple game that we play is can we create enough of these land notes where our passive income exceeds our fixed expenses? And now we're working because we want to, not because we have to. Okay, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. I got it from beginning to end. So you're basically really lowballing it. So you're finding a distressed seller, a distressed seller who's worried about paying the property tax. They say, hey, look, I'd rather not have to pay these taxes anymore. I'm willing to sell that. Maybe I get a little bit more than my property tax. Let me ask you a quick question. What percentage of the value on average, would you say, what percentage of the value of the raw land would be property taxes? So let's, let's say you said you use the $2,500 as an example. What would normally be the property taxes as a percentage of that $2,500 investment to you now that you own that property? You're the first person to ever ask me that question. I don't know. Property taxes are really low. So I, I would say that depending on the property, obviously the higher value property, the higher the property taxes are, I really don't know. I would say it's, if I had to do easy math, it's going to be one to 3%. That's really, really, really inexpensive. So you have a margin of safety there as well. So like you're taking on credit risk when you do something like that, there's a credit risk with the person that you're doing the note with, but it's relatively low risk. You've gotten your money out of it, so to speak. So if that's the case, then you don't have the credit risk. So let me ask you this. This is really interesting. How abundant are properties like this in the marketplace? Yeah, so it's a really great question because when I started teaching people how to do what I do, my wife asked the same question. She's like, what are you doing? Like, aren't you going to create your own competition? So if we put our investment banker hat back on, how big is the market? Mm -hmm. Well, there's billions of acres of land available in the United States, and there is no one doing this. No one big, at least. There's no private equity groups. There's no hedge funds. It's the most boring, least sexy real estate niche there is. If we go to a RIA meeting, a real estate investment association meeting, 100 people in that room, list, 99 of them will be house flippers, landlords, and wholesalers. You and I would be the only land guys there. So as far as being sexy, you're not going to go to HGTV or the DIY network and see <laughs> flip this land right? The before pictures are all in, the after pictures are all in. So, well, you have to have like really good looking models on the set too. So I know I wouldn't qualify for that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I would either. It's like, oh, wow. Look at that scrub brush over there. That's beautiful. (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. If you worry about your investments, need to make complex financial decisions, or pay unnecessary taxes, a lack of proper financial planning and investing may already be costing you a great deal. When you are ready to turn your peace of wealth into peace of mind, go to wealthnetinvest.com and click on the schedule a call button to talk to us and get a free consultation today. Are there particular states that tend to, you mentioned Texas. I happen to have an investment in real estate in Texas. Are there particular states that have more abundance? Obviously, the bigger states, probably, but are some states better from a tax perspective, from an overall regulatory perspective? There's better states as far as the market, because nobody wakes up and thinks to themselves, 
boy, I'd like some raw land in Iowa today, unless you live in Iowa. Mm-hmm. So we want to go where our biggest buyer pool is going to be. And that's going to be the Southwest, a little bit Northwest and Florida. So we got California, Texas, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, and then Washington, Oregon, and then Florida. So these are states that have an abundance of inexpensive raw land and where people want to be. So you're going to have your biggest buyer pool there. I'm not saying that we can't do deals in the Midwest. There's some very pretty areas there as well, but that's going to be where your your biggest buyer pool is, is, is in those areas. So you bypass a lot of transaction costs because you have your own team doing the title and you're bypassing a real estate agent because you're doing a private transaction, correct? Correct. You have all the, the contracts in place. I mean, obviously it's a private transaction, but you're not using an agent necessarily to- No, we don't use agents. We rarely use agents. Yeah. So that helps that along in terms of friction. Yeah. I mean, our average margin on a terms deal is 800 to 1200%. And our average margin on cash flip is 300 to 500%. What is the average price of, say, an acre in the states that you find the most attractive? Like what kind of investment are you looking at per acre? Well, we're probably looking, I mean, it's, you know, it's smaller deals. We probably are investing between $2,500 and $5,000 on any transaction. You got to do a lot of deals to make some real money. It's a volume business. And so we've got 90% of it automated with software on the front end, inexpensive virtual assistants, and software on the back end to manage all the notes. The philosophy I have is I can always make more money. I can't get more time. So I'll do anything that'll save me time. Got it. So when you're structuring this, do you normally structure them in some kind of an LLC or trust? I mean, I know that would be different for different people, but do you have some kind of philosophy about how you're structuring the entity that actually buys it? You're going to want an LLC, obviously, for the protection. Now, once you get to a certain level, let's say you're doing real volume, then you're going to want to go into land trusts because with a land trust, it's just two extra pages. You're basically bulletproof from anyone trying to sue you because they just won't know who owns the property. It wouldn't be worth it to an attorney. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. When you have raw land and let's say a deal goes South, let's say somebody stops paying you. Well, you've got your money back. Now your liability is basically to pay for the real estate taxes and to find somebody else to buy it from you. Correct? Correct. So we use a land contract as opposed to a deed of trust. So think about your house, right? That's a deed of trust. And the bank would then have to go through a foreclosure process, which is costly and time consuming to get you out of that house. A land contract, that asset remains in my name until the person pays off the promissory note. So if they default, not a problem. They have 30 days to cure that default. If they don't cure the default, we keep the monthly payments, we keep their down payment, we resell that property, we get a new down payment, we get new monthly payments, and it extends out our ROI. Okay, yeah, I see how that works. So basically on your balance sheet, you're still carrying the asset on the balance sheet, but then you have an income stream. So it's basically you own the asset and then you have kind of a deferred revenue on the balance sheet from the, so that makes a lot of sense. Now you could get in a situation, since these are small deals, it's almost like trading derivatives in some sense, small dollar amounts that you're dealing with. So your risk per trade or risk per opportunity is small. So if you put in a million dollars or whatever, let's say you put in a hundred thousand dollars and you buy 10 properties maybe, or something more than that. Sure. 10, 20 properties, 20 properties, then your risk per unit is like two and a half percent of your capital. So you can have like your drawdown in performance 
is relatively low and you don't recognize that right away. However, I would imagine some of this land would be hard to sell. I want to talk about selecting the property. Like what is a selection process that would give you a little more confidence that you won't have a problem in case of default? Well, I've done this over 6,000 times. I've never been stuck with a piece of raw land. I've sold some property that looked like Chernobyl. It was so ugly. So you got to remember, Lucy, <laughs> like we're not the market and you don't realize it because you're driving on the highway, you look around at this, all this vacant raw land. You're like, who would ever buy this? Well, there's just a lust for land in this country. And there's literally a pig for every barn. I learned this the hard way because when I was first getting going, buddy, and we were doing an over-the-counter deal, which means that these properties actually went to auction. Nobody bought them for the back taxes. And then you can just pick them up over the counter. And they're like $50 for an acre lot. So we're driving around and I've never seen more hideous looking land in my life. It, it was like, it literally looked like Chernobyl to me. My buddy's like, do you want to split it? And I'm like, absolutely not. I'm like, two things are going to happen if you buy this land and sell it. Number one, you know, it's going to be all refunds and number two lawsuits. So he's like, okay. He's like, well, I, I think I can make money on this and I'm just going to try it. So sure enough, he keeps emailing me sales and I email him back refund another sale. I email him back, refund slash lawsuit. This goes on and on. He makes $100,000 and gets how many refunds he had? How many? Zero. And no lawsuits. So it was a $50,000 lesson. I'm not the market. So long story short is, is that for me to go to bed at night, knowing that I'm doing right by my customers, I have a 90-day additional due diligence guarantee. So they go out there and look at the property if they don't love it for any reason. I will refund them or exchange it for property they do love. They have a 365-day exchange guarantee because they never want anybody to buy a property site unseen. That being said, in 22 years now of selling raw land, I probably had less than 50 refunds or exchanges. It just very, very rarely happens. Interesting. And so in your venture of Frontier Properties, is that purely a investment company or are you like raising capital from outside investors in doing this or you training people to do this? How are you involved in this industry at this point? So yes, yes, and yes. So I have my own company, Frontier Properties, that is an investment company. Mm -hmm. I have Land Geek Enterprises, which teaches people how to get out of what I call solo economic dependency, which means if they're not personally working, they're not making any money and helps them create their own land investing business. And then we work with accredited investors who, so we work with just people that aren't going to have time to do this themselves. And so we helped create their passive income and also get them out of social economic dependency. Think doctors, lawyers that are just going to want to retire one day and have that peace of mind, essentially, that they've replaced their income. Well, that's really interesting. It's definitely outside the box. And I've noticed over the years that there's always tiny little inefficiencies that are out there. And this appears to be one of them. So if you have the time, the inclination, and you're willing to think outside the box, this could be something for a portion of a person's portfolio. I know you might argue that it could be like all of your portfolio, but I definitely see why you do it and how it's actually working. That's a really interesting and innovative. I appreciate you telling us about that. So if there was one thing you want to leave with people about your business and about what you're doing here, what would that be? It's just that this, you're right. Like this is an inefficient market and there's very few of them left out there. I was working with a hedge fund manager in London and he's investing with us and in, in putting in, you know, $3 million. And I'm like, Tom, what do you love about this? Because 
to me, it just seems like this is a very basic business compared to what he's such a sophisticated investor. Mm -hmm. He's like, Mark, there's just very few inefficient markets left. And this is one of them. And he's right. Yeah. The only disadvantage that I can see off the bat is that it's not as scalable as other things. But for many people, they don't need it to be that scalable. They don't need yeah. to have a minimum investment of 50 million or something like that. Yeah, you exactly. I mean, it's a Goldilocks market. Too little money, you got a problem. Too much money, you got a problem. So exactly. Which is why private equity groups and hedge funds, they got too much money to be in this niche. Mm -hmm. But for the individual investor, it could be something that they could supplement their income strategy with or just growth strategy. Now, tell me a little bit about the taxes before we wrap up here. How do the taxes work out for an individual investor? Say he's just holding an, an LLC. How does that work out for them? Land, fortunately, lasts forever. So there's no depreciation. So the only tax advantage is if you use a self-directed type of vehicle, you could invest in a Roth or a SEP. And that's the only way you're going to get any tax advantages by investing in this raw land model. Otherwise, you'll be paying ordinary income. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you still own the asset. You haven't sold it. It's not a capital gain. So that would be ordinary income. But if you put it in a Roth, and you would obviously you'd have to hire a trustee that you'll pay maybe some fees for that. There's a handful of them that are really good in the real estate world that could facilitate that for you. Pay a little extra fee. Got to keep your records clean. Make sure that money moves in the right directions so that you don't have any breakage of the rules there. But that makes a whole lot of sense. Well, thank you for sharing this with me. This has been very interesting and enlightening, Mark. I really appreciate you coming on. No, thank you, Lewis. Now tell me, where can I send people to learn a little bit more about you and what you're doing? I think the best place to go is thelandgeek.com. They can check out the podcast as well, the Art of Passive Income podcast. Excellent, excellent. All right, thanks a lot, Mark. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. the latest episode of the Market Call Show, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Go to marketcallshow.com for all our past episodes and sign up to get alerts for new episodes. If you enjoyed the content of this episode, please leave us a five-star review and comments. The information in this podcast is informational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. WealthNet Investments is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where WealthNet Investments and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. 